the first road trip, the first game, the first goal, and the first loss. All that and more coming up on this episode of Locked on Kraken. You are Locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. And we're going to go over the game. Uh, It was a loss for those maybe who didn't tune in. The Golden Knights were ultimately victorious, but we did get, we got some Good data. And speaking of data, um, I'm actually going to be in my handy dandy Seattle Kraken app to give you the stats. Um, And so we'll talk a little bit more about this. But our friend of the pod, Allison Lukin, announced that we're going to get instant analysis explained in the app. Uh, The first post you can also find online. Check the show notes for that. But again, this was a 4-3 win for the Las Vegas Golden Knights. However, similarly to what we saw in that first preseason game for the Seattle Kraken, the Kraken were down significantly. Uh, They were down two goals in that first game against Vancouver, as you may recall. They were down three goals before my selection for player to watch in our Locked on NHL previews, Ryan Donato got the first ever Seattle Kraken goal in franchise history. You may recall that during training camp, we had Ryan on the show, did a quick little update with him, learned about his pup Moose, and uh, still have to figure out what he's going to be doing once he has some more time in Seattle. But we're going to hear from Ryan shortly on the show, as well as, of course, Dave Haxtell, other scorers in the game, Geeky. Morgan Geeky, another one of my picks. Um, So I think what we saw here overall is that the Seattle Kraken, and this tracks to what we saw, of course, in preseason, the Seattle Kraken are a team that can fight back. But the reason that they have to fight back is because they don't always start well. And you'll hear Dave Hack still talk about that a little bit. You'll hear some of the players, again, Geeky and uh, Donato are the players that we spoke to because they were the goal scorers. But, you know, um, there's just some things that you need to clean up at as the Seattle Kraken. Am I surprised? I can't say that I'm surprised by what we saw because, remember, and we talked about this before, Um, they had five players go through the COVID policy protocol, excuse me, right before the opener. Some of those players, including Jared McCann, another one of my players to watch all of, all of my guys, all of my guys scored. Um, so Jared McCann, so the triple J line was reinstated. As you may recall, I talked about this, I guess on Monday's show, the COVID protocol is 
just because you're in COVID protocol doesn't necessarily mean you have tested positive for protocol or for COVID, excuse me. Um, it could be anything from a positive test to exposure to someone who has tested positive to inconclusive tests. We don't know for sure what the case was with the Kraken players that went into COVID protocol, but we do know that a handful of them were able to travel. You'll hear a little bit about that. But the players that traveled and they were able to get a private plane, they arrived um, right as, the, you know, the Kraken were pretty much getting ready for the game is um, what had been reported. So the players that were able to travel and this is coming from a tweet from Ryan S. Clark. You might have seen me retweet it on the account, uh, the Locked on Kraken account. Follow us at Locked on Kraken. But Jonas Donskoy, Jared McCann, just mentioned him on the Triple J line. Jamie Alexiak are the three players that were able to come out of that pro, uh, COVID protocol. So that means that um, uh, it's Larson and uh, Callie. Don, uh, or Kelly Yarncrook, excuse me, that remain in COVID protocol, at least as far as my count. Also know that the Seattle Kraken were without the services of Colin Blackwell, out indefinitely with injury. We talked about that on yesterday's show. And alternate captain um, Yanni Gord, who we also heard from on yesterday's show, talking about what he feels his progress has been and what the timeline is. It was very clear from Yanni and from essentially Dave Haxtell, but certainly from Yanni that it was not in the plan to have him start. So he's on track as far as we know. Last we heard from Ron Francis, he felt that Yanni Gord might even be ahead of schedule, but that is yet to be seen um, as the Seattle Kraken, of course, are on the road. So let's head over to the first ever goal scorer for the Seattle Kraken. That is, of course, my dude, friend of the pod. We'll, we'll say friend of the pod. I mean, he was on the podcast, so he agreed to an interview on the pod, which I guess makes him a friend of the pod, right? Yeah, we're going to go for it. <laughs> Let's hear from friend of the pod, Ryan Donato, followed by Morgan Geeky, two of the goal scorers in the 4-3 loss on the road to the Las Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, we just came together. I mean, we, we obviously haven't been in that situation before, and um, I mean, we've all played on different teams and been in that situation on other teams. So uh, we just came together and we knew as soon as we got one, uh, the others would come. And uh, I think we need to do a, bit, a little bit better job, just making sure we don't obviously give them that lead to start out. I don't know. I, I mean, if you look at the shots, I think we had a lot of good chances to start. I think it could have easily been the other way. But I think we gave them too many uh, grade A opportunities right away and it came to bite us. So, I mean, we just got to correct some things and obviously we'll learn from that. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, you can always gloom on the negatives, right? And obviously there's things we could take out of the game, but we did battle back and, and gave ourselves a chance, and it's good to see that early. And I think if we correct those things now and, and learn from our mistakes, uh, we'll be better. I mean, I think it's just a blessing we got them here in time for the game. Uh, I mean, I don't think we're going to be the first team that, that falls into that situation this year, and um, we just got to be ready for anything. I think any guys that are that are in and out of the lineup or... 
uh, guys that get called up always got to be ready just because these situations happen all the time and uh, we we're lucky to get those guys back but it could have easily been the other way and we always got to be ready for everybody I mean it's a, it's a blessing I think uh, I mean the last year and a half of summer and everything's been a whirlwind situation but um, so far I mean everybody's been amazing teammates have been great uh, coaching staff's been awesome uh, everybody from I mean top down it's been it's been great so um, yeah it's definitely been been tough obviously want to work into getting that role but uh, for me I just got to do the right things and hopefully that opportunity will come yeah no um, like I said earlier I think that kind of speaks to the organization and and how well the coaches and, and staff prepared us for for tonight um, I think the preseason was good good lead up to this so if we can kind of build on tonight and and take the positives and, and learn from some things I think we'll be all right yeah, definitely, 100%. Um, obviously, you come into Vegas, it's a it's a spectacular city, and, and they put on quite a show. So um, for me, it was my first time. I know more exciting than anything, and then to be a new franchise and everything is, is something uh, special to be a part of. So obviously, I'm sure that had something to do with it. But, um, you know, I like we battled back. We, we didn't get down ourselves, and, and I like the group we got in there. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we did a lot of things right tonight. I think we, we're still learning our systems and everything. I think it's the first game of the year, and... You try and get all the kinks out during the preseason, but but sometimes, you know, there's things to be learned during the year. But, uh, you know, they're a fast team. They, they're good in transition. So I think if we can kind of clean those those things up in the neutral zone and, and uh, you know, be good in our own end, I think we'll be all right. Describe it. Oh, it's awesome. Obviously, they're a big part of our team. Um, you know, there was a lot of confusion, and uh, it was a pretty busy 48 hours for us. But, uh, you know, I think the medical staff and, and the trainers and the coaches and everyone in the organization did a great job of kind of handling that and, and uh, you know, taking care of it. and. You know, getting ahead of it almost, and, and allowing those guys to make it tonight and, and get in the lineup. How'd you guys find out? Um, honestly, just kind of they showed up to the rink. That's about it. Yeah, we don't know too much. And so, just um, once again, I have cut out, and that's why I, uh, this episode will not be on YouTube. But I cut out the video where you can't really hear the reporters' questions. So, apologies for that. But essentially, both Ryan and Morgan talking about scoring a goal, first ever goal in franchise history for Ryan, and what that means. Both of them talking about having to adjust to having players in the roster, having players out of the roster and all that comes with that. Essentially, you heard them both say, um, Ryan, especially, you know, this is unfortunately nothing new. It is very serious, but it's nothing new. And you you do what you can. Morgan Geeky uh, pieced out of the conference by saying, yep, we found out that they were here when we saw them here. So that's how quickly things have been moving. We'll see what this means for the Seattle Kraken. Again, I think the long-term effects, at least as of right now, especially since perhaps some of these were uh, false positive tests, um, is the impact that this has on chemistry. Will this derail? I don't think it will derail, but it might delay some of the chemistry that had already been building in the um in the preseason and in training camp but uh more on that coming up as always i want to thank you for making locked on kraken your first listen and today i have a recommendation for the second listen as part of the locked on podcast network specifically as part of locked on nhl and that is to head over and listen to the locked on predators show for today i am actually the guest and we're going to hear a little bit from that conversation because i think some of what i was projecting and expecting to see from the kraken we actually saw 
in their first game against the Las Vegas Golden Knights. But thank you to Anne, one of the hosts of Locked on Predators, for inviting me on your show. And as I mentioned, we're going to have to squad cast it up, and I will take you up on any time I roll through Nashville to stop by and say hi to some company friends and colleagues. So I want you to make your second listen of the day today, the Locked on Preds show, so you can get a sense of what that team is expecting when we roll into town. Uh, Of course, that game is coming up tomorrow, so we'll get a little bit more into the Predators tomorrow. But uh, again, coming up next, um, we're going to hear from head coach Dave Haxtell, and I want to do some data analysis. I mentioned the new app, the new Seattle Kraken app. Um, I want to walk you through that app and some of the things that I think are great and, if you will, the deeper dive that I personally think we can take uh, when it comes to this game. All that and more coming up next on Locked on Kraken. But first, let me tell you about Built Bar, the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Nine original flavors and even some super special, super tasty, super delicious specialty flavors like my current favorite outside of the nine originals, which is, of course, if you're a long-term listener, you know Cookie Dough Chunk. I love these Built Bars. They keep me from getting super hangry as I'm bouncing around covering the WNBA finals for Locked On Women's Basketball, covering a brand new team in the NHL right here at Locked On Kraken. And it's because each of these bars is covered in chocolate, one of my favorite attributes, but also has 17 to 18 grams of protein, ranges from 130 to 100 calories per bar, while also only having four to five grams of sugar or and excuse me, four to five grams of net carbs per bar. I told you I love the cookie dough chunk, but some of the nine original flavors include coconut, cookies and cream, strawberry, salted caramel, cherry barcia, and on and on. But if you're like my sister in particular, Jessie, who likes all of the flavors, why don't you get a mixed box in which you will get two of each of the nine original flavors delivered right to your door. And we want to hook you up with a promo code for your next order at built.com. So when you make your next order of built.com, whether you go the cookie dough chunk route, you want to stock up on Cherry Barcia, or you get the mix box, make sure that you use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order at built.com. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And again, I want to thank you for making Locked on Kraken your first listen of the day, but I'm going to tease a little bit of Locked on Predators and why I think you should make them your second listen of the day. Here is me making my first ever appearance on Locked on Predators as part of a hashtag squadcast, as I like to call them, my conversation with one of the Locked on Preds hosts, Anne. Erica reveals what the Predators will need to do to walk away Thursday night with a win over the Kraken. What Kraken weaknesses can the Predators exploit to come away with two valuable points? Erica gives an honest look at where Seattle might be vulnerable. So what do you think? And I know this question is the million dollar question under the circumstances. (laughs) So what do you think Predators fans should be watching for on Thursday night when the Kraken come to town? 
I think they should expect a team that is going to, outside of wanting to collect points, which uh, Dave Haxtell, our head coach, made a, a point to say that. Like, hey, yeah, we believe in our systems. We believe in what we're doing. And now it's about putting it together and getting some points on the board, like collecting points in these games. So there's an expectation there. Uh, and again, I think that comes from Ron Francis and how he built this team. What I'm expecting, and I think the best version of Seattle Kraken hockey that I've seen is when they are aggressive. They're playing great team defense, again, in all three zones. And the defenders are able to really jump up and get the offense going. Um, and moving that puck uh, again, like Gio was saying, make sure that they are are proficient and and better at skating uh, to show that they're a team that can really um, be strong offensively. Because that's not something that on paper we were expecting to see from the Seattle Kraken. Um, I think the Seattle Kraken, when they are a little bit, they can and have been a little bit disjointed. So if you see the Seattle Kraken, just like any team, you know, staying hemmed in the zone, that's definitely something you know that Haxel is going to uh, talk to his team about. That's not what they want right. to do. They want possession, and they want possession uh, in their ozone. Again, that's a hockey thing, pretty straightforward. But right. um, I think what you hear Haxel say is that we don't want to tire ourselves out. Um, and I think also you can see the Kraken, if they're not really – clicking on all gears they can be in the offensive zone but not really be getting good looks and good shots there's times when they maybe overthink it too much and so um look for a team that's still trying to figure it out offensively but be be you know on notice that there are some people that regardless of if they're fully clicking that there are some playmakers on this Kraken team which is it, it surprised me a little bit given what the scout was again of each individual player but as a unit they have shown that they can definitely light up the lamp it's just a matter of if they're going to take their opportunities early as opposed to kind of you know playing around with the puck a little bit I'm really curious to see if they get a little bit more sharp with their passing again I feel that's probably a chemistry thing and then right. defensively we really shouldn't have any problems defensively this team was built to be good on defense philip grubauer though has had to bail out the team um and he's been able to do that so i'm looking to see if they tighten up a little bit on defense but overall i think you'll get a competitive game with the seattle kraken i think the keys for the kraken to win again will be to, to really buckle down in that consistency i think teams such as nashville just put it out there that if they wanted to meet success against the kraken they have to be very aggressive really fight for possession and if they can win the possession battle and tire out the kraken i think that's where uh they would struggle and the way to do that in my mind looking at what we've seen for the kraken is to really disrupt them um when they are um trying to transition. So, you yes. know, really challenging those defenders to to put their skating prowess to work. That's when you really have to attack the Kraken. And um, we'll see. We'll see how Nashville is able to do. Certainly, again, everything is still a process for the Kraken. So I'm, I'm curious to see if some of those notes and predictions for both teams uh, to see how they uh, play out later this week. <laughs> it will be great. So we are, the Nashville Predators are going to be meeting the Seattle Kraken opening night Thursday at Bridgestone Arena. Erica, you are amazing and delightful. Can you tell Tell our listeners where they can find you. And so, again, you heard a little bit of that conversation with Anne. She's asking me, hey, what can Predators fans expect when the Kraken roll into town, when we swim into town, if you will? And I said, you know, this is a team that likes the forecheck, but I have questions regarding what we're going to see defensively and what we're going to see goaltending wise. And so now I want to take you to this fantastic app launched yesterday as a part of all of the excitement. Um, and I'm just going to read something quickly because this is um, Allison Lucan's post about the data that's in the app. 
Yes, I know that was a lot, but here is the post. Um, Allison Lucan, definitely a friend of the pod. Like, that's for sure. We're going to work on Ryan Donato, but Allison is definitely a friend of the pod, a friend of mine, a friend of all of us. All right, here we go. How did we play? Right after checking the scoreboard, that's usually the first thing we want to know after every crack in game. This season, we're going to try to get you that answer. Just go into the Kraken app, and after every game, you'll be able to find our post-game data-driven instant analysis, which gives you a quick look at key aspects of each team's play. Of course, we want you to be sure you know what you're looking at. Thank you for that, Allison. So here's a quick primer on what you'll see in each of the breakdown. So we have, and again, check the show notes where I have the link to this for you. You have the final score. You have the overall shots, shot quality, five on five offense, five on five defense, power play and goaltending. So what I want to start with is actually goaltending. We have saves, of course. Then you have goals um, saved. And so the the... The data point for goals saved says that this is considering how many goals were expected to be scored or the shot quality. And did that goaltender save more, a positive number or less, a negative number than the um, projected or expected goals scored? So as far as goals saved, we have both teams. So it was Grubauer and uh, Leonard. Both had a negative number, which again is um, less, they saved less than the goals expected to be scored. Um, and there's other other things here, like uh, was it a quality start? The answer, no, for both goaltenders. Did the goaltender steal the game? This is important. You know, you'll, see, you'll always hear, oh, he stood on his head or she stole the game for them. That's a very common thing. I know I've said it before when calling hockey games. Uh, neither one of these goaltenders stole the game. This is very much an offensive-minded game. Um, so not not a great start for Philip Grubauer. Um, not terrible, but not great. I mean, four goals, three goals for hockey, that can be on the high side. You know, that's seven goals overall. So I think that's a little bit on the high side. Um but my eye test. So, okay, before we go to the eye test, let me let me break down the five on five defense. If you listened to the episode where I had Allison on the show, and I will link that. So you should definitely go check that out if you haven't already. But Allison and I both agree that there's really not a great metric. There's not a great measurement. Um, there's not a great way to analyze defense. And some of that is because defense, in theory, is your ability to stop something else from happening. I think it was Allison actually on the pod that said that. So the indicators, the, the metrics that we have are entry denial percentage, zone exit percentage, percentage of, um, of D-zone passes blocked. The higher, okay, so the higher the number of the percentage of entry denials or zone exits um, denied, those are good things. Like the higher the number, the better you did. And so um, for entry denial, this is all attempts of the opponent made to enter the offensive zone. So that's passes, shots, 
beating a defender one-on-one. Of that, what percentage were prevented from being successful? So the Kraken were successful at um, denying 47.2% of those uh, offensive zone entries as compared to 28.6% for Las Vegas. So in theory, the Seattle Kraken did a better job defensively of stopping zone entries than the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Same thing with zone exits. It's almost it's almost even, but technically by 0.3, uh, Las Vegas did better at zone exit percentage, which is of all the attempts to exit the defensive zone, what percentage were successful? So they were about even here, 80.6% for the Seattle Kraken and 80.9% for the Golden Knights. And so this for me is like when you say, oh, we got hemmed in our defensive zone. This is essentially the offense being able to maintain possession is kind of how I see that. So this was a massive problem when the Kraken played. um, Who was it? I guess Edmonton, that first game against or excuse me. Well, both games actually against Edmonton, not great for the Seattle Kraken in what I would, if I had to guess um, on this percentage. Um, But here's the thing that this, although I love it, and of course I love Allison, good friend of the pod, what this doesn't say and why we both agree that there are limitations, at least two. At least two, for sure, two of the four Golden Knights goals that were scored last night came from turnovers. Okay? And so defensively, you can say like, oh, you know, they um, were able to have entry denials and stuff like that. But, um, you know are they taking care of the puck? So in this particular circumstance, these stats are pretty even, or, you know, I don't think they're as reflective of what the issue was as far as what I saw from the Seattle Kraken. And that was that, I mean, some of these were like, you know, taking candy from a baby type turnovers, just messy, messy turn. We saw that in the first game of the doubleheader as well uh, as the Pittsburgh Penguins just completely routed Tampa Bay, but again, make your third and fourth listen locked on uh, <laughs> locked on pens and uh, locked on lightning, and maybe you'll find out a little bit more about that. But um, just some sloppy, you know, mental errors, uh, not taking care of the puck, and it was Vegas that was able to capitalize. Eventually, again, the Kraken with Ryan Donato. Ryan Donato's goal, okay. And we're going to hear from Dave Haxel shortly, but Ryan Donato's goal was another gritty goal. This guy, that's why I like him. This guy can get you a gritty goal. It was a rebound. He's in the thick of it. He's there getting rebounds. Now that is something I can tell you from my eye test when I was in Everett and Kent that I would like to see the Kraken work on. They have to get second chance opportunities. Where are people on the rebounds? Is that the, the defense being really good at what they do or is it that the Kraken just aren't crashing I almost said crashing in the boards because I still have like in my head I'm still covering basketball but you know like are they attacking the net are they collecting the rebounds uh garbage time right um 
I want to see the Kraken do better at that. But one player that does a great job is, of course, Ryan Donato. Coming up next on Locked on Kraken, I want you to hear what uh, Dave Haxtell thought. I want to tell you now about the number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. And that, of course, is betonline.ag. It's an updated site, a new interface, which means more odds, more props, more contests. And again, still holding that number one spot as Ludacris once wrapped. Uh, so head to the website using your mobile device, your tablet, your laptop, desktop, whatever you got, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code Locked On. And it's not just football, it's not just basketball, but it's also, of course, hockey. We talked about that a little bit on yesterday's show. So you got everything you need, including your favorite Vegas casino games over at betonline.ag. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, we're going to close out this show hearing from Dave Haxtell. What did he think about the game? You heard what I thought. I gave you some of the numbers. I told you what I'm going to be focused on in this these first few weeks essentially first month of the seattle kraken but let's go over to our good guy dave haxtell what's he feeling about how his team played on the road well there's a lot of a lot of different layers to it i guess you know immediacy it's been a uh it's been pretty challenging last 40 hours for uh for our group um you know a lot of ups and downs through the game tonight uh we made some mistakes that uh, that cost us but uh, we also did a lot of really good things, and you know, getting down three nothing in this building, being able to push back, um, you know, uh, to uh, to get it back to even. I think it says a lot about our group in terms of sticking together, believing, and making plays. Um, but it's disappointing to not come away with uh, with the two points. They they yeah they they flew in this afternoon. We found out. Uh, I don't know. I can't even tell you specifically what time it was uh, when we knew for sure. Uh, but they uh, uh, yeah they. You know, they had a private plane that got them in here on time. Not a lot of time to spare, uh, but they uh, they did a good job. You know, we had a we had a real good start the first uh, the first few shifts, um, but you know through the game there's a lot of momentum swings in this hockey game. Um, you know, and uh, you know some of those momentum swings came off of uh, you know off of Vegas's transition, and we fed that transition a little bit too much. Um, you know, and that's you know those are stretches where. Uh, things got a little bit chaotic for us. We were, you know, in most cases able to settle it down and push it the other direction. Um, but the, you know, those were those were parts of the momentum swings through the game. Any thoughts on that uh, game-winning goal? Uh, what are you asking? I, I guess mean, I. It's, sorry, it's, it felt like there was a little bit of just gray area on the call, right? Yeah, you guys can make your own decision. I mean, I, I know what I saw and what I believe, but. Uh, the call was made that it was a good goal. So uh, I looked, you know, I saw it on the ice, and I um, actually I wasn't, you know, I wasn't that concerned. I, I thought it was a kicking motion, but um, you know, there's gray area in in terms of uh, you know of uh, of those calls. Um, their decision was that it was a good goal. So yeah, I thought it was a power play. You know, we the at the start of that period, we we were on our heels for. Uh, the first seven, eight minutes, you know, Bastion goes out and draws a penalty. The power play gets us going, and then I thought that turned the momentum uh, back our direction for a lot of the, the, the second half of that period. 
All right. So again, I mean, you know, Dave was pretty matter of fact. Um, there's some things that worked well, of course, coming out of a three O hole to tie it up. Great. Um, so the kicking motion, okay, let's get into this. So the kicking motion, um, I'm not sure that hockey understands what a kicking motion is. That's just my two cents. Why am I saying that? Okay. So the fourth goal scored by the Las Vegas golden Knights came after the Kraken had already, um, tied it up. Chandler Stevenson on a breakaway gets a little bit ahead of his defender. So the Kraken, uh, falling behind there again, I, I'll get into it a little bit later. So Chandler Stevenson has his stick tied up. So good on the defense to tie him up, but then he slides his foot and points up. Like he flexes his foot up off of the ice. I I think like I would say a kicking motion is anything that looks like a kicking motion. And when you're kicking something, you don't always wind up. You don't, you know, you can just kick from your, your standing position. I thought it was more of a kicking motion than not. Was I completely upset about it? No. Who knows what would have happened? His goal came at the 833 mark in the third period. I don't think it takes away from what the Seattle Kraken were able to do to get back in the game, nor does it take away from what they didn't do early in the game. And again, that starts. That starts. That, though, is to be expected, I think, for this team as they're building chemistry. I will have a much shorter patience for bad starts if we're seeing this next month and in December and in January. Right now, we kind of have to deal with the bad starts, folks. I don't know what else to tell you. We kind of have to deal with it. New team. These guys have never played together under this coach under this franchise and there was a lot of rotation in and out of the roster right down to the wire. So I don't like it, but I'm willing to provide some grace and a bit of a, as I said, a feeling out like a buffer period, as I was talking about on lockdown preds with Anne. well, that's going to do it for us today. Um, again, I'm looking at my uh, handy dandy poster, which is also the game schedule here. So that's the first loss of the season. Um, we play Nashville tomorrow, October 14th. That's a 5 p.m. Pacific time start. So 8 p.m. here in uh, New York, which I believe is uh, 7 o'clock in Nashville, right? They're an hour. They're central time. So many time zones. It's hard to keep up with, but but now I got to because following the Kraken along. If you are not following Locked on Kraken, please give us a follow at Locked on Kraken on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find Locked on Kraken on YouTube and subscribing and setting the notifications is much appreciated. For those who are listening for the first time or maybe just for the fa- first handful of times, thank you so much. We, are, uh, we continue to be a, a top 30 podcasts on the chartable rankings for hockey podcasts. And that's all because of listeners like you making locked on crack in your first listen of the day. 
thank you, thank you, thank you. As far as the YouTube integration, um, for those who don't know, I'm preparing to move. I'll be moving for a year, closer to Nashville, actually, uh, in Tulsa. So uh, we will do video when we can, but by next month, we'll be fully integrated on YouTube and everywhere and anywhere you can get your audio podcasts. That'll do it. Tomorrow, I will go in a little bit deeper on Nashville, but again, make sure you listen today to Locked on Predators, and it's going to be a Seattle Kraken-centric podcast as the Locked on Predators podcast gets ready for tomorrow's game. Tomorrow, I will focus on what we need to know going into Nashville. So the next two days will be more so about the head-to-head against Nashville, and then by next week... Um, we will also get to hear from the Flyers, hope to have a Jersey a Locked on Devils squad cast, and I should be at that game on Tuesday the 19th against the New Jersey Devils. So lots of great stuff coming up on Locked on Kraken, including I played that video, you know, we are Seattle. Uh, we aren't, we aren't, uh, what is it? I now see now I forget the line. Anyway, Sharon Williams, who narrated that awesome video that the Seattle Kraken put on, um, or that they released, if you will, right before the expansion draft. We are scheduling to have her on the show to talk about that. Um, so I'm really excited about that and uh, a few more guests that we're waiting for confirmation on. So you're not going to want to miss it. Lots of good stuff coming up on Lockdown Kraken, including tomorrow is a Seattle Kraken game day. Let's go. Hold fast. Stay true. Let's go Kraken. Another good listen for you is Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, just like everything else on the Locked on Podcast Network. So make sure you listen in to Locked on Fantasy Hockey with host Scott Cullen.